of talking about everything finance and finance related. It's your boy Peter, and I'm joined with my co-host <laughs> Jax. Hey, 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 guy, no Ghanaian. <laughs> my <laughs> guy from day one. <laughs> Jax, how are you, bro? I'm very well, thanks. Um, mate, three more months left of the year. I'm excited for the three months. I know that, you know, it's not been the greatest year to some extent, but, you know, we've yeah. got to thank God and keep going. So mm-hmm. I'm great, man. You know, I was just reflecting the other day. It's, we're coming into the final quarter of the year. The year has just flown by. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think, yeah, so, mate, it's a really good opportunity to really reflect on how the year's been going. Um, and I know for a lot of people, it's actually been a bit of a downer, man. But, you know, we got to look forward and ahead, really. Yeah, I always say, you know, whenever things are going wrong, that usually presents opportunities. Um, you've got to really just think about the positives when we are in a general negative situation. So that's what I'm trying to do. Absolutely, absolutely. And of course, welcome to our listeners as well. We hope you've been well during these times. Thank you very much for tuning in. Um, World Finance, I've actually been away for a little while, um, not just because of the pandemic and what's been going on, but we've been away um, planning and prepping for some sessions. So as you may know a lot about what why Woke Finance exists is to work with um, groups of young people and actually deliver sessions to them um, to get them started on, you know, the financial journey, so to speak, that um, me and Jack started um, a few years back. Um, so, yeah, we kicked off our session and we're underway on, a, on our summer programme. Um, Jack, so it'd be good to hear from you. How have you been finding that? We've had a session with some of our young people. We have. It's been yeah, great yeah. in my opinion, but it'd be good to hear from you how you found it. Yeah, so we kicked off last week um, and it was absolutely amazing to meet the, the young adults um, to be introduced to them the world of personal finance and how they can move forward. Um, it was great to see the turnout. It was great to see the, the, the interest that they had. And it was an interactive session, which is how we like to do our stuff. We don't like to lecture. We like to have conversations. Um, so I'm really enjoying it. I'm looking forward to the next session, which is this Wednesday. Um, yeah, I, I'm really loving it. And it's something that I would have absolutely loved to have when I was a young adult. Well, I'm still mm. a young adult, right? I'm 30, <laughs> but you know. <laughs> yeah, I heard that. I heard that. Yeah, I'm, I'm definitely in agreement. There's a great, great bunch of uh, young people we're currently working with at the moment. Um, and it's always good to learn from them where, you know, some of their challenges that they might have in this area as well, because it keeps us afloat on, you know, the current challenges that young people are facing um, today. So, yeah, definitely really good. and looking forward to doing more sessions with the young people and anyone that's listening that has um uk based i know we get listeners from um different parts of the world but uk based if you've got you know younger um brothers or sisters or family members and you're interested in getting them involved around the 16 to 21 year old age group just shout at us um via email info at wokefinance.co.uk and we can definitely take things forward from then but um, we're going to kick off this podcast because we have a special guest who's been in the background just listening in. Um, we're going to welcome our special guest. And there's a, there's a couple of reasons why this guest is special. One, because, you know, they've got lots of value to give out there and they've been giving out value to different groups of people. Um, two, this guest is an author and uh, they're going to talk a bit more about uh, their book and uh, what it entails as well. 
But probably more importantly for Jackson and I, this is our first, our very first female guest that we've had on the podcast. So, Jackson, we need to give a round of applause because we're going to welcome <laughs> our guest as well, man. Chantel. <laughs> welcome on board, Chantel. Welcome, welcome. How are you? I'm fine, thank you. Thank you so much for having me on the show. I really appreciate it. Well, no worries at all. It's an absolute honour to have you on the show. And um, a large part of what we're going to be talking about on the podcast is going to be a bit more about what you've been doing over the past few years on when it comes to, I guess, generational wealth. So we're going to get into that and really honing in on that. And hopefully, yeah. you know, we can have a nice conversation around that aspect. But for our listeners, it'll be good to hear a bit more about you, whatever you're willing to reveal, just a bit about yourself, your background. Um, and yeah, what brings you to the podcast, really? Okay. So my name is Chantel Nyami. I'm Ghanaian. Hey. And... <laughs> <laughs> I'm Ghanaian. Yeah, I'm Nigerian. I'm used to having many of us around, but now I'm I'm 33 years old and I became um, a mum for the first time this year. A a lot of, thank you guys, a lot of um, the projects I've been working on has come from that actually. I think that was like the catalyst for me to start putting things, like putting things out there. But I'll get into that a bit more, a bit later on. Um, so I'm the author of the book, um, Generational Wealth, um, a guide for parents to build wealth for their children. And basically the book covers, you know, different areas in which parents can explore if they wish to build wealth for their children. So that covers stuff like savings, you know, building your credit score, investing, ownership, life insurance, um, estate planning, um, investing in financial knowledge and also one part that I'm very, very passionate about, which is teaching your children, because I feel like that's really, really important, because I feel it's not just about giving your children wealth, but you need to teach them how to build that wealth as well. Yes. So then, you know, they can actually continue the cycle on, onto the next generation. So, yeah. So, and in addition to the book, there's other projects that I'm working on at the moment, but obviously as the book is the main focus right now, you know, I'll, I'll, focus on that for now and then we can go into the other stuff that you know I've been working on a bit later on if you guys have any questions about that amazing absolutely as I said an absolute honor to have you on the podcast and yeah we're definitely looking forward to just getting a bit deeper into that as well so that's generational wealth you can get that on Amazon right yes so it's on Amazon um yeah and I've had a few people who are anti-Amazon they don't really like to buy from Amazon for you know they've got their reasons why but you can also buy it directly from me as well but to to do that you can reach out to me on instagram which is shanti underscore underscore shan which is c-h-a-n-t-y underscore underscore shan which is c-h-a-n so yeah Fantastic. Thank you very much for that. Um, and I've read the book as well, so I've definitely got some questions on that as well. Okay. Um, Jack's generational wealth, man. When you, when you think of generational wealth, what does that sort of mean to you? And I, and I guess how much time or how much time do you actually invest into thinking about generational wealth? How much of your day-to-day is linked to this? <laughs> I'm sure you know the answer to that. I think about this thing a lot. Um, Chantel, when I had a look at the book and I had a, I had a scan and I read some of the chapters quite into depth, 
I said to myself, I need to buy this book for my mum. Well, I wish my mum had this book <laughs> 30 years ago now. Um, it's an amazing book and it's very, oh, very you. well written. It's it's bite-sized. So it's not, you know, you know, you get some people that are not, um, you know, uh, don't really enjoy reading. But for yes. someone who doesn't yeah. read, they can still read, read this book quite quickly and capture a lot of effective information. So congratulations for that. Thank you. Um, in order to answer your question, PR, yes, I mean, Generation Web is something I think about every other day. And it's not because of money. You know, mm. as we cover in water finance all the time, it's not about money or, or should we say cash. It's about understanding what money is. And money is just a tool to facilitate whatever you're trying to do. Exactly. Um, and so for me, when we talk about generational wealth, it's not just about the money, but it's about, you know, living in purpose as a family and mm. kind of setting yourself up um, and your family up for the future. Um, Chantal mentioned something that is very, very interesting. She said she cares a lot about teaching the children and it, it kind of um, captures that whole ideology of, you know, don't just give someone fish, teach them how to fish. Yeah. Right? Because if you give them fish, they're going to eat and be, you know, full up for one day, maybe some tilapia with some pepper sauce, they'll be nice. You know? <laughs> 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 but That's a tilapia. Literally, I don't play with my tilapia. Um, <laughs> Yeah, and then you know, but what will happen is after a while, they'll feel quite enabled, and then they'll just come back to you for for more tilapia. Exactly. If you can teach them how to cook the tilapia properly, then you know they want to come up to you. So it's all about teaching people how to fish and teaching them how to look after wealth. Because Mm. once you create wealth, it's about sustaining it as well. Um, And yeah, as we said, wealth is not just about money; it's about everything. It's about health. It's about relationships. It's about a whole bunch of things. But money does provide a tool to facilitate mm-hmm. what you're trying to achieve. Yeah. Absolutely, absolutely. I always link it to having that, what I call eternal thinking and thinking beyond your current um, circumstances and you know beyond when you even leave this uh, planet as well and what that looks like. So yeah, definitely in agreement, man. Very powerful. Um, and Shanta, I just want to dig a bit more um, into your background, particularly for yeah. our, our listeners as well. How you know you came about starting um your financial journey what are some of the turning points for you um and yeah just dig a bit more into even what you're currently doing how you get into this what your background from a career aspect um, aspect is as well yeah so with my financial journey that started in 2018 that's when it really kick-started but prior to that I've always been like a good saver, but that's all I knew about finance. Like, cause I, my parents didn't really teach me about investing and, you know, all these other parts that are very key. Like the only thing I knew was how to save money. And that was it. I didn't know how to multiply it or how to invest it and all that stuff. So the savings part was fine, but, um, I felt like, is this it? There must be more to this. Like, you know, just saving money isn't really going to, build more wealth if that makes sense mm. so in March 2018 I what led me to that um what led me to that specific financial education seminar was the fact that I wanted to um explore like home ownership I thought okay I want to actually buy a house so let me go to this seminar and see what I can learn so that's where it all started so I went and they were teaching different things like debt management they were teaching like savings you know investing so it was all like a new it was just like a new world literally and I was like wow I didn't know all of this stuff so it really got me 
thinking a lot more. So that's where my curiosity started. And then after that seminar, I started to actually work alongside that specific financial advisor. His name's Emmanuel Osoko. Mm. So I started to like attend all the seminars and help them out. And obviously, as I was attending most of the seminars that he was, you know, um, conducting and stuff, I was learning more and more. And from there, I just started to be, it just, it just grew from there. So I would do my own research. I wanted to know more about, okay, is because initially, I don't know about you guys, but initially I thought once I buy a house, that's it. I thought, yeah, I'm good. But Mm. I feel like mm, not really. Like now that I've done more research and looked into it, I realized that buying a house isn't the only way to try and like build generational wealth or pass on you know, wealth to your kids. It's one of the ways, but I don't think it's the be or end all. But obviously, because I lacked knowledge, I thought, yeah, this once I buy a house, that's it. I don't need to worry about anything else, like, you know, maybe creating multiple sources for sources of income or doing all these other stuff or starting a business. None of that was even in my remit of um, you know, knowledge. I just thought, yeah, once I buy a house, that's it. But that seminar just really opened my mind to a different world and that's where it kickstarted for me personally. And from there, um, I think my saving savings habit got, to be honest, it really, <laughs> it got to a point where like, I was saving like more than like 50 to 60% of my, of my salary. Because I was thinking like, yeah, I need to like bang this out. Like yeah. If you speak to any of my, my my parents or even my husband, they they look at me and think like you need to relax with the saving. <laughs> but I just felt literally. Let's just say I was saving like it was the last salary I was going to receive that month. That's how mm-hmm. aggressively I was saving because I just felt like yeah, I need to do better. Like this, yeah, I just need to go for it. So I've been doing that for a while now, and yeah, and now that I've got more knowledge, I've now. I've now started, you know, exploring, like investing, like the stock market. And even that I had to teach myself how to do that because um, when I wanted more information about it, you know, you have some financial advisors that really charge a lot of money just to teach you very basic, you know, knowledge about the stock market. But I thought, you know what, let me do my own research. You know, I just read some books and also coupled that with some, you know, YouTube videos as well and I understood it like from just doing reading books and watching YouTube videos and also I follow a lot of um a lot of um finance pages on Instagram Mm. so coupled coupling all of that together I just kind of got a really good understanding of how the stock market works and from there I started investing and yeah and it's just I'm just trying to like find now I'm I'm working more on like creating different sources of income so this is which is where the book comes into it and I'm now trying to expand that into different things but my my main purpose is to you know multiply my income but I want to help others whilst I'm doing it if that Mm. makes sense so because I'm creating resources to help the community but it's also like a source of income for me as well so I'm not just creating income for myself but I'm hoping that people are benefiting from what I'm trying to create income from, 
if that Absolutely. makes sense. Absolutely. Yeah, I hope that makes sense. No, it makes perfect sense about, you know, yeah. adding adding value to other people's yeah, value that's that you're doing yeah. as well. And you, you very brief, you don't need to go into too much detail about it, but you said you were saving about 60% of your salary. <laughs> and would you say it's paid off heavily? And how did you have the motivation to keep going at that? Yes, yeah, so it's definitely paid off in so many ways. Like, I mean, like some, it's like, do you know what it is? It's like, I think I was so fascinated of how my account was growing. I thought, wow, this is amazing. Like, mm. cause I had a very bad habit with savings before. Like what I would do when I was like 16, 17, 18 to like about 20, what I would do is I'll set, cause I was working in Iceland in Brixton, by the way, like that was like my part-time job. So mm. I'll save so much money from that, go on holiday and blow it all. And then my mom had to sit me down one day and be like, you can't keep living life like this. <laughs> like, yeah, you need to, like, you know, you need to start taking life serious because this blowing all your money and coming back broke, does that even make sense to you? Hmm. So from when, I, when she had that serious talk with me, that's when my, my, um, my attitude changed towards savings. But now it's like, yeah, it's like I just, I keep my expenses low, obviously. Hmm. And another thing, I think what, works to my advantage is the fact that I stayed at home with my parents for a very long time mm-hmm. before I got married and moved out so because I got married at 30 so mm. in my 20s I was like I was contributing at home but I still had you know a lot of disposable income for me to exactly. be able to save that much so I think that's what helped me be able to save you know, over 50 to 60% of my income. Cause I think if I was like maybe outside the house, it might not have been always yeah. possible, but yeah. because I was at home with my parents, I was able to you know, stash a lot of money and yeah, it's, it's really helped. But what motivates me is just seeing my account grow and knowing that there's just more to life than just spending all your money and not having anything left. Mm. You know? And that- Sounds like that talk that your your mum gave you. Was yeah, there's a serious a, you know, exactly. And yeah, and I just, certain things that, you know, maybe my friends might be doing, like, you know, going on holidays, ex, ex, excessive holiday, I wouldn't do it. I would just be like, okay, I'm chilling. I'm not going to spend my money. I'm just going to chill. Like, I would treat myself, but with caution, if that makes mm. sense. So I'll just do things like, I'm, I, I think the mentality I had was, I'm going to, work hard now and enjoy myself later. That Mm. was the mentality I had. So whenever like I see people on Instagram doing their thing or enjoying themselves, I'll just be like, okay, you guys enjoy. I'm just going to chill for now. (laughs) Like, I'm just going (laughs) to chill for now and, you know, stash my money. And the thing is, another thing as well is I feel like everybody's pocket's not the same. Someone might be able to buy a house because maybe their parents have helped them. I'm not getting that same kind of help. So I need to work harder, if that makes sense. So I can't actually go on holiday like maybe friend A is going on holiday because she knows that she's going to get, you know, some some financial support from her parents when when she's ready to buy a house. Mm. I may not get that same level of support. So that's why I felt the need to, you know, go hard with the savings. So that's where that whole thing came about, to be honest. Absolutely. And in your book, yeah. you talk a bit about, you know, the delayed gratification journey. I'm yes. going to ask you a question on that later on as well. Yeah. So definitely really important. Yeah. I mean, you, you mentioned some very, very interesting points there. I think one thing you said earlier on, and you're talking about kind of just saving, um, because that's actually, yeah. you know, I always say, and I think in our first episode, I might have spoken about it, Peter. Um, you know, my parents, the thing that they taught me about money or the good thing 
maybe the only good thing they told me about money was I should be saving. So I, I learned how to save from a very young age. Mm-hmm. Um, but then when you become more financially educated, um, and I'm, I'm lucky, I also I'm lucky because I work in investment management. I understand it very well. Um, um, but the thing about saving is, is a good habit. You don't build wealth. You don't really build wealth by just saving. Yeah. Um, and I'll tell you why. Well, save, saving helps in the short term because you can help you build an emergency fund, mm-hmm. it's a liquid assets. So it allows you to buy things that you need immediately. Mm-hmm. Um, the thing about saving is there's something called inflation mm-hmm. um, and inflation is there. It's something that's going to be there. It's usually between two to 3% every single year. Mm-hmm. And so you can't build wealth by saving in this economic environment because interest rates are so low. Mm-hmm. So if the, if the price of bread is going up by two to 3% every year and you're saving money and earning less than 1% in interest, mm-hmm. what actually happens is your savings are losing value every single year. Yeah. Um, and so you need to use those savings as capital to buy productive assets mm-hmm. so that's that's something i learned later on in life that you know saving is good and you should always have savings yeah. um, especially in the short term have your emergency fund build your wealth um but then you should start using your money to build assets and mm-hmm. I, I enjoyed hearing that you, you know you're trying to think about multiple streams of income now because yeah. that is the world that we live in and i think technology has allowed it to be easier for us to facilitate that. So Definitely. very, very, very interesting. Um, and I also enjoyed the fact that you mentioned home ownership because that's the second thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, when we're going through life, they say, oh, you know, go to school, you know, and then you get <laughs> masters and then, you know, and then, you know, you get married, you buy a house and then that's your wealth done. Yeah. Guess, even mm-hmm. though ownership is very important. And as you said, it is one of the best ways to pass on wealth to your children, but there's so much more. So I'm really happy to hear that you are thinking about building building multiple streams of income and even writing a book is one of those things so congratulations thank you um and talking of value adding value i mean as i said uh sensei you're of course adding value through the work you're doing shout out to your financial advisor at the time emmanuel sukkah as well he's doing absolutely (laughs) brilliant work in the community um you mentioned something around you know you you know growing up in your household your parents or you didn't really learn much about um finance jacks you just mentioned as well you both in a Ghanaian household I was on the other side um in a Nigerian household it was pretty much the same I guess it'd be good to hear your opinion from both of you actually why you think that is um but more importantly what do you think can be can be done to change that even for our parents that are um their age now or what can we do to ensure that we change this narrative um for me i think correct me if i'm wrong if or if you think your if your opinion is different from mine i feel like with our parents generation i feel like when they when they first came to the uk or or the states or whichever western part of the world they they've landed in i feel like in that era it was all about survival like Mm. they didn't have room or capacity to be thinking about okay we need to build wealth for our kids like they just got here they're just trying to make it work they're trying to grind and make it work for us so I feel like in my opinion I feel like that's where um you know that financial knowledge is lacking like they didn't they didn't invest in their financial knowledge because of that that's just what I personally think. And I feel like that's why their knowledge is quite limited and they don't know about things like investing and, you know, stock market. Like I've never, honestly, I never knew about the stock market until my late twenties, thirties. That's Mm. how bad it is, you know? And I'm sure if my parents knew about it, they would have told me from the start, 
and I would have probably started investing from, or probably they would have started investing for me earlier on. And then I would probably continue on from there, but they don't know anything about that. And right now, now that I am starting to educate myself, I'm now, you know, speaking to them about these things. So one of the things I definitely recently had a conversation with my parents about was life insurance. Mm. So I was just like, mm, okay, this is actually important. So now that I've got a son, I was looking at life insurance even before he was born. And then once he was born, I, I got it sorted. So I thought, hold on a minute, I need to check with my parents if they've done the same, you know, because <laughs> now that I know about this, I need to just double check. So there's no like, you know, surprises and stuff. So I had a conversation with my mom and my dad and surprisingly, my mom has something in place, but my dad, he, he doesn't, but he's been like saving money aside for, for like touch wood when that does happen. Mm. But my mom definitely has signed up for um, life insurance. So I was quite happy to know that, okay, at least you guys have sorted have I've put certain those stuff in place yeah. but it was it was quite interesting to have that conversation with them because had I not educated myself I probably wouldn't have had that conversation with them I would have just thought okay when it happens I'll just you know we'll just find the money somewhere and and sort everything out but yeah that's just my opinion I feel like they came here with with the motive to survive through their their new environment and didn't mm. really have capacity or room to you know, educate themselves financially and do, you know, all this research that our generation is doing now when we're all trying to better ourselves. Yeah, I, I, uh, totally I don't agree. know what you think, Jax, but... Well, I, I absolutely totally agree. I think you've got to remember that times have changed and there's yeah. been a bit of evolution of technology and, and that kind of stuff. Oh, yeah, true. Um, mm-hmm. There was a lot of financial exclusion back in the days as well. So, mm-hmm. um, you know, you've got to think about having the ability to use a broker so we talk about the stock market investing world, right? Um, yeah. If you want to invest in a stock market, what, 30, 40 years ago, you tend mm-hmm. to need a broker. And these brokers are quite expensive. And the way oh, yeah, they is they take commissions. So if you don't have a lot of money, mm. um, they probably won't look at you. Okay. Yeah, so that's true. Um, that's, that's one thing. You also got to remember Google wasn't around. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's true. <laughs> that's so true. Yeah. Around. It wasn't easy to get the amount of information that we are kind of... Um, uh, kind of spot with so yeah I mean I do understand to some extent that or to a high extent that it, it's not there for and it, yes it was a big survival type of um type of um, situation um a lot of them when it came to investing they they decided to start investing in property which is a, one of the easiest asset classes to understand mm-hmm. it's not it's not you know it's not rocket science to understand yeah it. exactly you can rent it out so a lot of them have tried to build houses in, in Ghana, Nigeria, Jamaica, and all these other places. And um, so the, the mindset was to some extent right. The execution probably wasn't um, in a sense that, you know, maybe they could have maybe pushed a bit harder to learn about certain things. And I, I made this joke in the first episode, uh, PR, when I said my mom actually had her stocks and shares, I saw. So, so Chantel, I, I, I work as an investment manager and I also have a financial education organization that teaches people how to invest in a stock market so that's, yeah. that's what and um i remember speaking to my mom about um you know ever investing in stocks and shares and she said oh yes you know one day i went to barclays and i opened up a stocks and shares account and i said oh nice so 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 what happened to it 
And then she said, oh, I went to look at it the next day and it went down and I took out, I took out all my money. And I, said, yeah, I, was, I was on the floor laughing. <laughs> you know, I understand why. <laughs> it's just that lack of, you know, being yes. taught how it really works. Yes. Market is a volatile market. In the short term, it can go up or down. In the long term, as long as the world diversifies portfolio, it will go up. Um, but imagine if she had kept that till now. Oh my God. And there was nobody like myself or like Emmanuel. Because actually someone messaged me the other day saying he actually shouted me out in one of his seminars um, for teaching people how to invest in the stock market. So thank you for that. Um, But yes, it's, it's just some things that are not very, very popular, especially in the, in the black community. Um, One thing I've heard a lot about the people that I educate um, is when they were growing up, um, they thought the stock market was only available for rich people. Yes, that's true. That's true. Uh, well, that's what you saw when you watch movies, certain movies. That's what yeah. you saw. Exactly, exactly. And, they, and, then, and then they say to me, um, another problem is they, they find it difficult to understand. But mm. actually, the stock market doesn't have to be difficult. Um, mm. You can decide to be a very passive investor by using a robo-advisor. You could be in the middle and buy just index funds and mutual funds. Yeah. A stock picker, you can do that as well, but it requires a bit more education. So yeah. it's really just about the education, but I, I don't, I'm not a huge fan of kind of shaming um, the generation above. I, I thank them for the opportunity to, to be here. And I think of it's course. our generation to take the next step to move forward. And then the generation after us exactly. will take it to the next level and so on and so forth. So yeah, that's my, that's my take. Yeah, I, de- I definitely agree with you both on that. It's, it, was, it was different priorities when um, our parents' generation came over. And I agree, uh, Shanta, you used the word survival. That was literally it. Some of our parents didn't even have papers to be even yeah, staying here at the time. So it was more about keeping low profile and making sure they're... Mm-hmm. By them just getting them over from wherever it was, the Caribbean or Africa, that was their job done. Um, so, you know, and I'm grateful for being here in this country where we do have opportunities to thrive and learn and develop. So yeah, Mm -hmm. definitely. It was just different priorities back then. Um, but yeah, really, really good to hear from uh, both of you, um, on that. And just very quickly, actually, um, Shanta, we was going to get into it later on, but um, soon as you touched on, you mentioned life insurance, man. Um, it'd be good. This is not a conversation that, um, we have a lot, even amongst pairs as well. And um, we hear of it, but in terms of talking a bit about it, it'd be good to talk a bit about that conversation that you had with your parents and why you feel it's important um, for most people to think about, if not have. Yeah, so one of the reasons why I think, well, now, now that I've, you know, gained more knowledge, why I think it's important is, especially like, for example, let's say um, you're a parent and you haven't had an opportunity to maybe buy certain assets to pass down to your kids, like maybe a house or a business or whatever. I feel like life insurance can actually change your children's situation for them once you've passed on. Mm. Because if you're, even if you have at least life insurance and you've been paying that up until the point where, you know, you pass away, if they pay that out to your kids, like they can actually, you know, build from that. Even if you haven't left anything behind, let's just say that's the case, they can actually build from that. So that's why I think it's really, really important. And if you have assets as well, pl- coupled with life insurance payout, that's even better, if that makes sense, you know? And also I feel like dying is expensive. Like, you know, funerals are really, really expensive. <laughs> so I feel like it's really important to not put your kids in that kind of situation where, you know, they're having to find funds to you know facilitate your funeral and 
it's just because the thing is it's a hard time already and yeah. for you to now be stressing financially as well it's just mm. too much but for me I had that conversation because I feel I felt like the main reason why I had that conversation anyways because I wanted to um one find out if they have anything in place and if not I wanted to see what I could do mm. to um to try and like make sure there's something in place because at the end of the day once you're once touch with once your parents pass away, it's, they're gone. Do you get what I mean? You're the one. Th- those that are left behind are the ones that have to deal with it. So I thought, like, I feel, I feel like if they haven't got it in place, then maybe I need to. It's something I need to invest in actually to put, even if it means I have to pay for their life insurances for them. So then I know that once that time comes, mm. I'm good. That's just how I was seeing it. So that's why oh, I had that conversation with uh, them just to find out if there is something in place or not because. What I don't want to happen is not ask, and then when the time comes, mm. you're looking for money and they, they haven't left anything. And it's like, oh, okay. So it's all down to you. So I just wanted to prepare myself, really. That's why I had that conversation. And, and some of you said, actually, you, you know, I can imagine some, some of us might have parents that might not just be, might not be interested in things like this or a bit stubborn when it comes with it. One thing you just said, which triggered was um, you being proactive and actually paying for them. Um, yeah. in my, in my, so I do currently do quite a lot of work with people across the UK who have been um, forced into financial hardship as a result of um, a life-changing event that event could be something like the pandemic that's going on right now people losing income losing jobs it could be um, a sudden illness where they can't work no more job loss or bereavement Um, and you'd be surprised the amount of people that uh, come through and you know, they've had a sudden uh, loss in their family. And when it comes mm-hmm. to funeral costs, all of a sudden, you know, they need to put up five to seven grand or so. Um, and mm-hmm. sometimes they don't have access to that. Um, mm-hmm. And again, as you mentioned, during a time like that, it's one of the last things you want to be thinking about. But unfortunately, mm-hmm. it costs. Um, so, it's, you know, I've rightly said it's so important that we have that protection in place for things like that. Yes. Yeah. That's interesting. Interesting um, life insurance, and you know how I am. I like to always give a bit of education to our listeners. So, um, I'll talk about two types of um, insurances. So, li- life insurance. A lot of the time, there's actually something called life assurance, and there's life insurance. And mm. um, so, when we speak about life insurance, a lot of the time, what people are talking about is something called term insurance, which means it's insurance up to a certain term. For mm. example, if you get a mortgage, right, you can get life insurance that is pegged to the mortgage, and what happens is once the mortgage is, is paid over, that term insurance comes to an end. Mm-hmm. So a lot of people um, do actually get term insurance. It's the cheapest form of insurance, yeah. um, but it's only for a set term. Yeah. What we call life assurance, which is a type of life insurance, is an example is what we call whole of life insurance, which means it is guaranteed to pay out because, you know, everyone's guaranteed to die. Mm-hmm. So, um, <laughs> <laughs> so, so cool. tax, tax and death, the two things confirmed, exactly. uh, destined so, to happen. Exactly, exactly. So when, when you are thinking about insurance, make sure you kind of consider which one you're looking for. If it's term insurance, understand that it's there for a fixed term. It is mm-hmm. very cheap. Um, but whole of life is also a decent, um, well, it's, it's, for the, it's for the whole life and it's why we call it life assurance usually. And yeah. what I would say is the earlier you start paying insurance, you're never too young to start paying life insurance. Yeah. The earlier you start, the cheaper. The earlier yeah. you start, the cheaper. Mm-hmm. Because a lot of the things that they look at to kind of price your 
your plan is your age and your health and that kind of stuff. So I, I'm a huge mm-hmm. fan of life insurance. I think everybody should have it. But I'll tell you the funny, very funny joke. Um, again, I, I hope my mom doesn't listen to my... <laughs> <laughs> um, and there was a time where we were just watching, I think I was watching Nollywood or something. And um, an advert came on, it was a life insurance advert. And I said to my mom, you know, I ask her a lot of questions. I said, mom, have you got life insurance? It's okay. Huh? Life insurance? Back to sender. I said, goodness gracious me. <laughs> you want me to go? <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's so, t- yeah. She said, oh, these things, I don't know. I don't know. I was like, I understand. She said, do you know how many movies I've watched where someone has life insurance? <laughs> they they kill that person to take the life insurance. I said, but you've been watching way too much number one. Definitely, yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, the, we need to really fight that kind of negative stigma when it comes to definitely, life. Because definitely, definitely. product that kind of guarantees wealth. There's certain products that do guarantee generational wealth. Um, life insurance being one of them, property or, or house ownership is one of them as well. So, yeah. Well done for including it in your in your book. Thank you. And, and Jax, on the, uh, I guess, the fixed term insurance, you know, let's say it's for, I don't know, 20 years or so. When, you, when that 20 years is up, of course, you have to renew it. But I'm assuming, let's say you had it at 25 when you might more likely to be a bit more healthy um, and the cost of the insurance is a bit cheaper. When you renew it in 20 years' time, it will be based on what your life circumstances are at that time, right? So it might be a bit more expensive. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Um, and that's why, you know, you've got to really think about the product before you, you go for it. Um, there are different specific types. So you have even convertible insurance. So you can convert it to a whole of life late, later on. Mm-hmm. And what makes that um, a good product is the fact, I think they don't even check to see your life, um, how your life has changed, basically, because it's convertible. And that's kind of the agreement you've gone by buying that specific product. But if you just go for a standard term insurance, it will end and you need to start again. So, um, yeah, it, it, it comes down to what you're looking for right mm. the whole point of the um the term that term insurance that we call it decreasing life insurance is just purely for the mortgage so mm. if the unfortunate circumstance happens where you've passed away or someone passes away from the mortgage it has been paid off then obviously it pays off the mortgage and mm. um, so yeah it's, and this is why education is so important just understanding yeah. the financial products and how it you know relates to your life and what you're trying to achieve and your objectives makes you make a better informed decision yeah. Um, I'm trying to just uh, coming back to you actually. Um, by the time this is released, it's going to be Black History Month. I don't know what they do with Black History Month in schools these days, but it, it's still there. I'm sure it'll be in the news at some point. But it'll be good to hear from you, um, of course, as a black person and as a woman. Um, it'll be good to hear from you how you've navigated through life, career, even getting onto this journey as a as a, a black woman and you know if you're if you're speaking to Chantel 15 years ago what advice and support would you give um or provide to her yeah um so as a black woman I think um I try to navigate through life with the intention and desire to be positively impactful and to be of great influence that's me personally and I always like to be goal-driven as well, Mm. open-minded, and I'm always trying to expand my existing knowledge because I just feel like knowledge is power and applied knowledge is even more powerful. So, yeah, so I'm always trying to, like, be a better version of myself Mm. in, like, all areas. So it could be as an individual, as a wife, as a mother, as everything, basically. And if I was to advise 
my younger self or anyone that's younger than me, that's a woman as well, I would say they should always doubt anything that hinders them from becoming the best version of themselves. And to always like seek and acquire knowledge, like in in ways that can help them live like a purpose-driven life or Mm. a purpose-led life. Because I personally feel like true happiness and fulfillment comes from establishing your purpose that's just me as that's just what i think so that's the advice i would give my younger self or anyone that's you know younger than me so yeah that's what i would say and and you spoke about the stuff that um you should doubt in terms of anything that that hinders oneself what are some of those things that you feel um, and it could it could be just as a black person or as a black woman but what are some of the things that you feel that as a black woman um, the challenges that um, you may face whilst may potentially face whilst mm. I guess navigating your way through life in um, the UK in the UK um who the, the thing with me is I this may sound a bit I wouldn't I wouldn't say ignorant but the thing is for me I haven't experienced a lot of things that you know some people may have let's say for example like racism and mm. you know discrimination and stuff like I haven't actually experienced it firsthand before but obviously these things do exist and I feel like these are some of the things that you know as a young black woman you shouldn't allow that to hinder your progress if that makes sense so for example like you know let me use let me use this since we're on the whole generational wealth topic for example Mm. like you know that I, I don't know if you've heard of that saying where like you know People make it sound as if like, you know, because of what happened like 400 years ago, that's why, you know, the black community, the the wealth that we have is so small in comparison to, um, you know, the whites or any other um, community. Mm. I get that. But at the same time, I feel like you still need to seek knowledge and make your own individual situation better. So Mm. if the more information, you know, the more you would know, okay, maybe I can, I can improve my own situation by doing x y and z Mm. so for me i don't i i refuse to let these things limit myself if that makes sense i'm not going to sit there and be like because i'm black and it's hard for black people so yeah it is what it is let's just i'm just going to sell through life Mm. like like in like in a mediocre sort of way i'm just going to try my best to do my best that's just that's just how i see it and i just don't let these things limit me i just feel like I know they exist, don't get me wrong. I understand it's happening. But at the same time, I refuse <laughs> to let that I determine refuse. my life. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I refuse to let it determine my life. So Absolutely. yeah, that's how I feel. Just just me personally. But you know, I feel like I've been fortunate enough to not experience certain things firsthand, like directly, whereby it's had a very, very negative impact on mm. me. But I see it around and you know, I just feel like knowledge like I said knowledge is very important yeah knowledge is very key so yeah I just feel like just don't anything anything negative even as women like you know we might deal with different things like insecurity issues Mm. there's a load of stuff that us women we go through but I feel like you can't let that you know bring you down or stop you from achieving things that you know inside you you have the capability to do so so yeah, that's that's my take on that, really. But I think it's just me as an individual. I, when I want something, I'm I'm gonna get it. That's just me. Well, I think <laughs> it's yes, sir. Love it. <laughs> Knowledge is power. 
Yeah, that's just me. If I want it, I'm gonna get it. So yeah. yeah. But I, I, I do I do I would advise women that are younger to have that same attitude as well. You you have to you have to fight. Like mm. I'm sure you guys, your parents at some point must have said to you, because you're black, you need to work ten times harder Absolutely. So to get somewhere. I'm sure you guys have heard that before. Yep, yep. So I've kind of had that instilled in me. So I'm always like, Yeah, I'm 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 going ham. Basically, like I'm getting what I want regardless of what's happening around you know yeah so yeah so that's that's it really yeah i think you know it, it comes down to having that well first and foremost you've got a very strong mindset um so i think we're quite similar in that respect and yeah. you know it's also also about having that positive mindset and always yeah. thinking um how to best improve and that kind of stuff um and actually i was having a conversation with a friend yesterday and i was telling her the same things you know i don't i don't let society determine what i should do and what i can't do yeah, um, exactly. because I think once you put your mind to something um, and you know I'm a man of faith so I, I believe that yes. um, I could do all things through Christ who strengthens exactly. me so I don't I don't have any yes. fear or anything like that I try my best I do my best if I get knocked down I get back up and I keep going yes. um, and, and that's and that's just life there's no such thing as failures you know yeah. as long as you've got the faith and you know you work because faith without work is dead mm. as long yeah, as you work hard definitely. you just gotta keep going you just gotta keep going and I think um yes it's about understanding that there are certain things that may be put against you or that kind of stuff but of course yeah i don't want to sound like i'm preaching today but <laughs> you could do anything that you put your mind up to um exactly yeah, yeah. I, I truly believe so i truly believe so. i mean i'm in total agreement pastor jack's taking us to the book of james i'm loving it i'm loving it i'm loving it um actually on that uh, shanta um Obviously, I'm aware that you're, you're a woman of faith as well. How part, how key has that played? Um, um again, just journey? like Jack said, like I think that's probably I think that's probably where my um my ability to overlook what's going on in the world comes from because mm. when you have faith, it's just you just move a bit differently. You just yeah. feel like regardless of what's happening, regardless of what I can see in front of me, I believe in what I can't see, and that is yeah. what I'm. Um, you know, that's the route I'm going. So, mm. yeah, I just feel like once you have faith and, you know, you're prayerful, yeah, I feel like any you, whatever you put your mind to, just back it up with prayers. And mm. trust me, it, it, you know, if it's, not, if it's not for you, God will not grant it. That's how I see it as well. Yeah. I see it as if, 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 I, if I'm trying to attain something and I've tried, I've exhausted all options possible and it hasn't worked, then I just, and I've backed it up with prayers faith everything then i know that okay maybe this just isn't for me you get what i mean but you know if there is if there's an opportunity where you know you're you're going for it you're putting all efforts in you pray you back it up with you know prayer and faith Mm. you know there's a and there's a there's a possibility that you know you could get what you're looking for so i think just always have a positive mindset, positive outlook. And yeah. And another thing I think is really important because when I was younger, I think that, uh, that limited me a little bit, which is rejection. Like, and I I found it more with when I was, when I first came out of uni and I was looking for jobs, like I would get rejected so many times. And I I think it's because I just didn't have experience. I was just, I just had a degree. That was it. But I didn't have, you know, the relevant experience to, you know, work in the field that I was trying to, um, get into so whenever I go for interviews and I get that that um that email or that call to say oh unfortunately you know we're not gonna take you on this time or whatever that really got to me 
you know, it, and it makes you have like a low self-esteem. It just makes yeah. you feel like you're not good enough. But I, with, with time, you know, I got out.